What is it that you can rely most on within yourself that guides you towards high outcomes for everyone involved? Abundance through transformation. To live the life you love. My name is Sandra Maria, The Leadership Talks. Today's episode is with Mark Brand, a serial entrepreneur, chef, and leader who inspires communities to be in the work with their talents. Yeah, of course, and I'm looking forward to it. How do you create this deep connection with people wherever you go to inspire and create change? I think that at the center of communication is a very simple rule, which is just empathy. And the second one is attention. We spend a large majority of our lives not paying attention to anything. We really just go through the motions. And so we're programmed to do that, right? It's like we get up, we have our routine, you know, take our dog out, take the garbage out, do the coffee. We rush to our first meeting, we rush to our car, the car takes us where we need to go. We often feel like we're late. We get to that place and then the day just sort of repeats, right? So it goes through the motions of, oh, then you have these responsibilities and everything's sort of built around the chase of safety around money and around longevity. Right. So it's like, how long can I live with the most stuff? And so I'll put this all in a frame so it makes sense into how I live my life and why I'm able yeah. to communicate with everyone. So if everybody's doing that, and I've lived in New York City, I've lived in Nigeria and Lagos, I've lived in some of the biggest cities in the world, and everybody is just frenetic. The energy just moves. And then if you look at a city like Bangkok, or you go to a Thailand, it is a large amount of people, but the energy is very different. And they move differently. Or Italy. You spend time in Italy and there's tons and tons of people, but they move different. And different things matter. They prioritize different things. And those things are conversation, community, care. Like, really, how are you doing? And they'll sit around and take a, maybe a four-hour siesta in the afternoon, work super hard in the morning, work really late at night. But in the afternoon, take time for self, for family, for food, for the creation of food. I'm fascinated by the different things that move us. And so the way that I live my life is I understand that I don't set the normative behavior in the places that I'm in. So if I arrive to where I just was in Polica in Italy, there's 2,500 people in that city. It's a town, sorry. I sit and observe. I get an espresso and I sit at the cafe and I watch. And I watch how people greet each other and I watch how they interact because I have some very serious things I need to do when I travel. I need to procure ingredients. I need to make a statement. I'm generally cooking events that are around climate change and how the world is going to continue. So if I don't have the right tools, I can't do my job. But I do this work in very remote places and then very populous places. But regardless, to get the best things, you need to build trust. And trust comes from understanding. Understanding comes from watching and listening and learning. And so language is nice to have. It's a nice to have for me. If I can speak the language, it's wonderful, but I can't 99% of the time. And so what I do is use my nonverbal communication and show intention and attempt. And I try my best and I communicate through signs and writing and Google Translate and all sorts of other fun tools that I have at my disposal. But I really use my energy. And we all have energy. And I think the easiest way to describe it to somebody is in the negative, unfortunately, which is. You've had somebody walk into the room and the whole energy changes for the negative, right? You're like, ooh, this person's in a terrible mood. 
Or you've had the opposite where somebody comes in, they're just so full of joy. They just had a new job or they get a new baby or it's their birthday. That energy is not just reserved for the highest highs and the lowest lows. You have it all the time. And so I communicate with my energy. My energy is based on love. If you meet me in person, you will absolutely, unequivocally, no question, feel that I have love for you. There's, there's no doubt. You'll be like, oh, this is weird. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just feel safe. Maybe you feel calm. And that's half training and half just normal. You know, like I've always been that way. And my family's always been that way. And the, the training portion of it is I'm an integral practitioner and an integral facilitator. So I actually do understand the energy and how I use it in a positive manner to make people feel at ease and to help me do the work that I do. So that's how I communicate all over the world and all these different places. Was there a special moment where you found that the cooking is a doorway to the conversations you just talked about? Definitely. So there's a few things that give us that same comfort, right? Safety, nourishment, like those comforts come from that. When I cook for somebody, first of all, the energy that I have, the love that I have goes into the food. It goes into everybody's food. So that's why we say bad food is made by bad cooks who don't care because they don't care. The fast food model doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about the system. All it cares about is the incremental revenue that will continue to grow the capitalist model. That is extractionary. When I cook, I am adding value. I bring value to the planet when I cook. I don't take from it. I am using its resource. I thank it for its resource. I replenish said resource. And I only purchase from and shop from and support things that are diverse, that can replenish, that are sensible. And so that, the energy starts there. So when you eat it, there's a, so of course we have the sense that we talked about the umami. So that flavor, I'm going for that. That's pragmatic. The other part I'm going for is the, let's say je ne sais quoi, the, the part that you won't understand. Because you'll say, why, why does this feel so good to me? Mm-hmm. It's because I care about you. I care about everything that's happened in this. And you can physically feel it. Like, oh my goodness, this is this. So in that, that's my tool of advocacy. So it's my Trojan horse. You come to my dinner, I sit, I feed you, or you're aware of who I am generally because that's been broadcast. You have an expectation. That expectation is different. It's, it arrives differently because what I do is very different. And then I'm able to talk to you like a human being, not shaming you, not guilting you, but just saying, hey, this is the situation that we find ourselves in as a planet, as a people, and we all have a role to play in fixing it, these are the steps, the pragmatic and practical steps I believe that we can all take to get there. So I'm nourishing your mind now and I'm nourishing your heart and I'm hopefully opening you up. All of those things happen through food and convening and the other super critical ingredient, which is music. All of my events have very, very, very beautiful and heart-led musicians attached to them as well. And here is this intention of care. How can we discern between a door opener with the intention of care and a door opener without care? Yeah, well, I think what you're talking about is manipulation. Exactly. If I can boil it down. So let's just call that what it is. And the whole world is being manipulated constantly. The great thing about our instrument, our body, our mind, our heart, is the two things at play here, right? We're able to be manipulated because we want to believe 
that things are going to either be better or easier. You're like, oh, okay, here's the simple answer. Thank you very much for presenting that. I'm going to do that. I can tell you unequivocally, the things that we need to do are not simple or easy. So when somebody is presenting you, if it's uh, too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Just period, right? Like this is, this is a state that we're in. And so there's lots of tools of manipulation to present the easy out. Now, there are simple changes that we can do in our life, but they require effort, they require dedication, and they require like actual attentiveness. So when people are able to open you up, one of two things is happening. The first one I just described, which is ease. You want to believe it, right? They're playing to your ego, right? It's, it's a very simple thing. The second part is you can feel it and it hits you at a different level. And you know what that level is. It's just truth. And truth comes from love, right? They're intrinsically connected. So when somebody is saying to you, you know inside of you that you were built to help others. You feel that. You're like, oh, yeah, I definitely was. That's a universal truth, right? There's, there's no maybes in that. And people will be like, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm anti-everything. I'm feeling like that's cool. That's because of your trauma. And then the bias that's attached to your trauma and things that have happened to you, things that you witnessed, distrust. Those tactics are being used consistently for political and capital gain. What you have to do to assess if it's right or wrong or if it's real or not is feel it in your body and then just really sit with it. Do some research, right? Think about it. And I think we just, we go for the easy out too often. And that's where we allow ourselves to be manipulated or taken down a path. When I say Trojan horse, I mean it. Like, I also mean it with that aggression because what we do is meant to also invoke some of the tools that have been used negatively in a positive manner. Everybody's got such a hard shell about just me, myself, I have to get every dollar, I have to do these things, that to get into that shell, we have to use these tools. And so the Trojan horse is, this is a dinner. You love going to dinners with chefs. You love going to see music. So now that you're open, I can talk to you about poverty. And it's not the gala. This is a community. These are people. I want you to discuss with each other. And I want you to be really confident and comfortable to like learn about you, what we have to do together. So I appreciate that question. Thank you. Can it be that by this positively used Trojan horse, you basically open up people's creative source? Definitely. You know, that's what you're trying to do. That's how you build trust. Right. And where I learned that is also in the community that I serve, right? So the community that I operate in is the downtown east side of Vancouver, like my brick and mortars that I predominantly operate in, right? Where I'm physically, I have spaces. And this community is predominantly people with mental health issues, the largest open air drug market, arguably in the world. It is a rampant increase in numbers in indigenous people being marginalized, the, the original landholders. These people don't trust anybody. And so I've spent 15 years here to the point where I am an absolute trusted source. If somebody needs something, they reach to me. They reach to my team. If they need food, if they need masks at this point, if they need sanitizer, like they know that we're part of their community in support of them with no agenda aside from to be in service. That doesn't come instantly. That comes with a lot of time. So the other part is like time spent and time built. So the other tools in our, or arrows in our quiver, if you will, is when people look at our work, it's not just an ideology. 
there's a lot of people who preach these things, right? Instructors, teachers, writers, and bless them all. They have a role. But when people come to us, it's not an ideology. We do this work. This is the physical thing we do every day. And that adds another layer of people being open and trusting that, oh, you're not just talking to me about something like a politician. You're in the work. So being in the work, there's so much to be said for it, right? Because it's a massive cosign. When people say, okay, no, this person does this, or these people do this, it's not just something they believe in. It's their actual work. So I think it's really important to discern the difference there. Wow. And if people ask the question of like, as you said before, I want to serve something bigger, I can sense there is an energy. I want to find my path. Mm, How would I know, and if someone is just drawn, but they don't know how it will materialize, what is it? What's it going to be, especially when they had a successful path or a path and they feel there is a change? How would you get into the work of what draws you? So this is, this question is, it'll probably take us the rest of our time. So it's, it's yeah. great for people to say, oh, you're so in your purpose and you're in your passion and you're doing your work. I'm not. And people come to me all the time and they're like, I don't know how to find that. You know, this is what I do. This is my path. This is my skill. This is what I've dedicated my life to. It's not helpful. And I'm always like, it's definitely helpful. Every skill set is needed in this, right? So I ask people, there's a Venn diagram I've created. And at the top of it is, what do you care about and why? And you have to ask that why question a lot of times right? Until you actually get an answer. So for an example, Mark, what do you care about? I care about everybody having equitable futures. Why? Because poverty is violence. Why? Because it's been created by a system that actually doesn't need to exist. There's abundance on the planet and everybody should have enough. Why? Because that's what's right. It's right for people to have enough. So if it's right for people to have enough, I'm then at the, what can I do to get people enough? That's sort of the place that I find myself, right? So what's a skill that I have that I could use to help people get enough is the question that I then ask myself. So everybody now knows me as speaker, you know, instructor, chef. When I started to ask these questions six, seven years ago, I was just an entrepreneur. You know, I had 11 businesses, for-profit, bar, gallery, live music venue, streetwear line. Like I was doing capitalist models of business, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to be exponentially big, but I needed to know what I was going to do. And so I looked through and it wasn't just a skill I had, but a skill I wished I could use more. And I looked at cooking. I actually started with cooking. My first job was cooking. I was like, well, nobody knows me as a cook at all, right? I'd been a DJ for 10 years and before being an entrepreneur, like this is not my path. But I knew I could feel it in my body. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Everybody thought I was crazy. I was like, I'm going to go back to cooking. We're going to throw a dinner. I'm going to cook it. And my team at that time was almost 500 people. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I could just feel it in my bones. Right? And so then I had to ask the third critical question of the Venn diagram is, how much time can you spend doing this? And so you have to balance out the rest of your life. Every one of these has nuanced pieces. I'm finishing a book on it right now. And so what is it like, how much of my life can I give to this thing that I want to use as a skill to find my purpose? And it could be an hour a week to start. It could be two hours a month. And then as you start to do that, you can nurture it and say, oh, maybe there is something in here for me. See how it feels. 
If there isn't, try something else. Try something else that comes up for you and something will fit. And then you realize that resource comes from you being in the work you're supposed to be in. Money we find is a challenge because we, of course, live in scarcity, but there's an abundance of it. There's money everywhere. It's a matter of being able to tap into it by doing something that's truthful, that really is in service, and that you also are passionate about. Because when you are, that's when success comes. All of this energy comes together. So what's a skill I wish I could use more? How much time do I have to apply that skill? Honestly, you have to be really honest about it. Don't be like three days a month if you don't have that time because you're just going to do yourself a disservice. And what do I care about and why? And at the center of that, you will find your answer. It takes a lot of work. You got to ask the questions over and over and over again. Journaling, I highly recommend. Writing stuff down, looking at it, rereading it, talking to your friends about it. Right? It may come from the strangest place. Your friend be like, hey, remember that one time that you made cupcakes for my daughter's birthday? I've never seen you that happy. He's like, hey, actually, I was really happy then. Maybe baking something I love. And we hear these stories sometimes, but in my mind, these are the answers. You find what you're passionate about, what connects to your spirit and your energy and your soul, what helps the planet, what helps people, and how you're going to make that financially viable for you with the time that you have. And then you just do it. And you don't worry about being judged. You don't worry about any of the fear of what the societal norms are. You leave that shit alone. Nobody cares. I often say to people, you think you act as if everybody's thinking about you. They're not. They're thinking about themselves. Right? Focus on you. Focus on what you're going to do to impact people. And your answers will come from there. Amazing. How do you stay in this flow? Yeah, well, I don't think you ever stay in it. It is next to you. My flow state is next to me. There's only two states that you can be in as a person. It may feel like thousands, but they live in two buckets. And one is spinning and the other is flow. And when you're spinning, we all know this feeling, right? Where are my keys? Why did I just drop my phone? Why can't I remember if I took my pills this morning? You know, what was on that grocery list? You're spinning because you're, you're not connected. So imagine like it's a line of frequency and you're fraying outside of it constantly. So there's lots of tools, but the, the best tool that we have in short bursts is breathing. So getting into our breath, our breath will connect us to our body. Looking at our hands and our fingers, looking at our feet, like feeling into our fingers and toes and being like, right, I'm part of this vessel. I'm operating this right now. It's me. I'm it. Let's stay in it. Our nervous system, our mind, which tells us all sorts of negative bullshit, those two things pull us out of flow, right? But we can use them as tools to get back in flow. But you can recognize flow state. And we should all be fighting for it and craving it because it's the universal energy that we're tapped into. And when we're in it, almost nothing is difficult, right? Everything just seems to come at ease. And we've all had those days. Why don't you just want to have that life, not a one-off? Remember that day last year in July? You can have that day every day, genuinely. You just have to detach yourself from the societal norms around money and safety because both of them are lies. They really, really are. And you can just look at a crisis and realize in a crisis, if you don't have community, you're in trouble. Your money goes away. Your physical structures go away. Like the, the things that we believe kept us safe do not. What keeps us safe is us and the community all around us. That's it. That's all we really have. Mm -hmm. 
So it's love, effort, dedication, attentiveness, consistency, and living questions, and energy mm. from the heart. Mm -hmm. If you could talk to your younger self, what would you say, and what inspiring message would you give him? Oh, easy. I think this is <laughs> the easiest question in the world. <laughs> love yourself. Love you. You're amazing. You're so amazing. Don't you listen to anybody else. Like you're really, really special. Everything that you feel, those energies, they're all real. I wasted so much time worried about the opinions of morons. And uh, yeah, it really didn't serve me. And so if I could go back in time, I was right. We're all born right. And perfectly beautifully ourselves. And unfortunately we let others dictate um, our vision of our own self-worth. We're all born right. My name is Sandra Maria, The Leadership Talks.